<laughs> ah. Begin with a prayer. So grateful and thankful to open our hearts and open our minds to the very highest possibilities of love. Grateful and thankful to open ourselves to infinite intelligence, wisdom, pure love, pure peace, pure harmony, pure freedom. This is our true nature. We are grateful to align with the higher Holy Spirit self and to accept all this healing, all this goodness as permanently ours. We're getting in the flow of the all good as never before. This is the purpose of our coming together. We are accepting the atonement for ourselves. We are accepting our ascension, our awakening. We are aligning fully and completely with divine love. It's our very life. We're giving up every bit of discord, disharmony, distress, all sense of separation. We're giving it to the Holy Spirit for healing. In gratitude, we let it be. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all. And we simply allow it to be so. And so it is. Amen. 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 So I'd like to begin with just seeing um, if anybody has any anything additional to share after our class from last week. Any afterglow, afterglow that you um, would like to share with us. Yeah, I can get it, Rich. <laughs> I see good. your big finger come over, and I know it's... <laughs> <laughs> Somebody trying to... <laughs> no yeah, okay, so um, actually I'm kind of on fire with, with what's happening right now, Jennifer. Yeah. Uh, if that's okay? Yeah, go for uh, it. Because uh, my, my past a week ago is like long-term time ago for me. So I'm, I'm really on fire with your blog yesterday about the mirror. And I'm really on fire about your blog today about um, the housekeeper. And the mirror was so perfect because we had just finished reading that particular blog when I got a phone call from my daughter, Jen. And it gave me an immediate opportunity to practice. And that's what I love is how when you ask the universe a question, how quickly it responds. And so... Um, I found myself when Rich was reading the blog, we have Shelly here visiting. And so the three of us are on oh. the prayer together and it's so wonderful. And so when he was reading the blog and you were saying that the mirror has two functions, it can either show us our blocks or it can bring something to light. And I was like, Oh no, no, Jennifer, no, you're wrong. And I, I heard that going on in my head. And I was thinking the course tells us that everything we project out creates perception. But what I loved is as he continued, and as you continued, the, the differential was if I feel triggered, then it is the projection that calls for my healing, that I have asked universe for that. Right. And if I hear it instead, if, if I identify it as a call for love, 
and I, then I can feel compassion. And, and that dichotomy, that, well, it's a pure dichotomy, not really, but really was helpful. So when my daughter called, I really found myself walking on a balance beam between the pull of the ego, which says, I feel really triggered in this call, and the pull of love, which said, be compassionate. This is an opportunity. And it was such a powerful experience of really narrowing down in that moment the choice between ego or love. And I found myself going back and forth. What it helped me do following the call is to identify, to grow in my ability and my awareness and my willingness to identify those minuscule, appearing minuscule choices between fear and love and to strengthen my resolve to keep listening to love, listening to guidance and stay there because when I stay there, then I realize what it is to be the teachers of God that we all are and to then stop my ego self from responding to my daughter's conversation with conversation, explanations, defensiveness, words, and instead, as we all are doing, practice in the invisible. What is it I'm here to learn? What is the call for love here? How can I make the most loving response? And so that has been just so much fun to do. And then I now because I had that experience, I've had dozens of other experiences where in the instant I'm aware of, am I triggered or is this a call for love? And really loving that concept of the mirror being that opportunity for us to choose again and be aware. Because that's, I, to me, that's my journey of growing in my Awareness of my enlightened self is just to keep being aware of those choices. And uh, I think previously, I would have said in this journey, the choices would have had to have been bigger. It'd have to be a bigger upset or a more clear call for compassion. Now they're very, very subtle, very subtle. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm on fire with today. And I, and I think that... Um, I just, I really enjoy the blog so much because they always speak every day, every day, every day to something that is mirroring in my life. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that's so beautiful, Karen, because that is the practice that brings a healing. Exactly what you're talking about. That, that's how it happens. And, uh, and that's right in line with um, uh, our our talk last week and uh, what, what I'm feeling moved for us to talk about this week. It's really that there's no big or small. So the annoyance that uh, you had asked for the popcorn with extra butter and the extra butter didn't come, you know, <laughs> it's really the same it's of the same, it generates from the same thought as the incredible upset when uh, our child seems not to be whatever, right. you know, or, or even if someone dies, it's 
actually it's all stemming from that same thought of separation and if we can see it in the popcorn uh, it helps us to see it in the bigger things and to see that there are no levels of difficulty yes it just takes that great willingness yes and, and I'm also aware, especially having Shelly here, and Shelly and I have been doing the release and clear at night since January, more nights than not, I mean, pretty consistently. And that's been really quite a journey of its own. So having Shelly here, um, and Shelly, for the rest of you, had been in Masterful Living One, and, and she was very helpful to me when I was in New York, and it was in so much angst when my daughter was going through her chemotherapy. And Shelly kept saying, are you doing the tools? But she didn't say it quite that way. But anyway, she reminded me to go back to doing the tools. Having Shelly here now and having the three of us is really a clear example for me of identifying special relationship and holy relationship. And I find myself having different expectations with Rich and different words with Rich because of the nature of our special relationship than I have with Shelly and how hilarious it is that I tell Rich when we're having cantaloupe yesterday, Rich, I'd rather have you eat that with a fork than just eat it out of the bowl. I would never say that to Shelly. So just the subtleties of those expectations we put on each other that when seen properly are practice periods. They're just practices. That's all they are. And I, I, I'm just so tickled with it. And I, I just was talking with Kazi and we were laughing and laughing. And that's always the mark for me when I get to the laughter I know that I got the miracle. I got yeah. The miracle. yeah. I love that. The cantaloupe is such a great example. <laughs> oh my God. Yes. <laughs> yes. There's nice. the evidence of the special relationship. <laughs> Were you going to say something, Rich? No. <laughs> Not a word. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> ah, wonderful. Thank you so much. That is great. Yeah. And uh, before I comment too much, I'd just like to see what else other people would like to share. Mm -hmm. I can't think of that. Yay. Yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that I'm still having um, realizations and stuff come up from the events of two weeks ago when we got that call that there may be a kidney for Rudy. Right. And um, I woke up yesterday morning and I was feeling agitated and frustrated. Um, and I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but I think... I think what it was is the um, anxiety of knowing that today was two weeks from that date and um, hearing from Rudy uh, that the technicians told him at dialysis that it could be um, a few more months before he gets another call and uh, reading that there's 
only one in 10 people are even signed up to be organ donors. Um, and all of that frustration was really bringing up some anger. And I kept asking, what is the anger really about? Because I know that the anger is not really about that. And I think what I got was that I've been putting conditions on my freedom and saying that I will feel free after this happens. Mm -hmm. And um, so, and I did just had that realization this morning. So now I'm oh, yes. trying to work through um, uh, affirming that I am free now and I choose my freedom now. Yes. Magnificent. Yes. What a powerful realization. Yeah. That you, it, and what a recognition, Linda, that you, your consciousness, your heart, your mind, your very being is willing to, to recognize that now and to work with it now. That is exceptional. Yeah. I don't want to put any conditions on my freedom. Yeah. Yeah. Or Rudy's freedom for that matter. Yeah. And that, that awareness, that realization, that desire of your heart, that's all that the healing requires. Yeah. And perhaps that's the reason for the delay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, another blessing that I thought was kind of funny that came to me a few days ago is that if we would have, uh, if that kidney would have worked out, we would have been in Pittsburgh during the Stanley Cup and I probably would not have been able to find a, a hotel room available for me to stay there. <laughs> mm. So it was just like one more thing, that, you know, one more way of God going, see, there's reasons why it's happened this way. Mm. Just one more little thing that just kind of made me chuckle. Mm. Yeah, let's, let's all look, take, take a moment with that and, and look, at with Linda in our own heart are there any conditions on our freedom have we placed any conditions on our freedom or even our happiness is it conditional do we have a belief that our happiness is conditional that our freedom is conditional I'll be happy when I'll be I'll feel free when So now let's just, in our mind's eye, in whatever visual way that works for you, you can think of yourself um, removing it from your heart, that thought, that belief, and holding it in your hands. 
sort of pulling that thought or inviting that thought to come out of your heart and to rest in your hands. And then to see yourself placing it into a box and wrapping it like a gift. A very, very beautiful gift. A gift for a king or a queen. Like a treasure. And then placing that gift on the altar. It's the gift we're giving to God. We had made it so valuable to us. Perhaps it was buried like a treasure in our awareness. And now we're giving it to God as a holy offering. Offering the block to love, the block to light. And then allowing ourselves to feel the expansion in our heart, in our mind, the openness. Seeing our heart filled with light. Radiating out, radiating out to fill our aura the golden white light. And I invite you to say your own prayer over this offering on the altar.
and finishing our prayer. So what I know for each and every one of us is that a prayer is a gift to God, with God. We are grateful and thankful to leave these offerings on the altar. So grateful to be able to turn them over and to accept the gift of the full release, the opening of our heart, the freedom, the joy, the peace, the harmony, that is our true nature is shining forth. We're allowing it to be so. We are grateful and thankful that God is good. And so are we. We are grateful and thankful to leave the past behind. To leave it on the altar. To let it be. We share the benefits with all. We know it's done. And so it is. Amen. Amen, amen. Let's also take a moment here in this reverential space that we've created. And let's surround Linda and Rudy with love and light, the emerald green ray of healing. And to absolutely know and to affirm the divine order is unfolding and that the desires of the heart for everyone are known in the mind of God. That God is orchestrating everything perfectly in God's time. And that we're all collectively accepting on behalf of Rudy and Linda the good that is theirs to receive. So grateful to release all blocks to our good and to step into the prosperity, the abundance, the wholeness, the freedom, the joy, the harmony, the clarity, the purity, and the healing. We are grateful and thankful to accept it all, sharing the benefits and magnifying them. We gratefully know it's done and so we allow it to be and so it is amen 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 yeah we're so blessed yeah. Thank you for bringing that forth, Linda. Feel the benefit for everyone in the circle. Would anybody like to share? Any insight from that? Any aha? Uh -huh. 
Jerry. Hi, everybody. Hi. That was uh, just lovely. And thanks, Linda, for sharing that because um, it did bring up, um, I wasn't going to, I was going to just kind of sit back and listen today. However, the prayer that you, you the meditation, Jennifer, that you um, had just given us uh, just prompted some insight that I would like to share with all of you. Um, right. My, uh, uh, one of my daughters graduated uh, last weekend yeah. and, um, you know, I have the twins, one graduated from college, the other one will graduate um, the next year. And so, um, you know, there's been this estrangement for the last four years and um, that's the catalyst of why I, I uh, got into finding freedom and then masterful living because I did, couldn't, I just needed the tools to cope with what was, I didn't know what was happening, but it w didn't feel very good. Just this, this attached, the detachment, the alienation, you know, all that. Um, just didn't know what, what, what to do and how to work with my daughters who, who uh, I, um, who I love so deeply and uh, my relationship with them had just, just unraveled in a way that uh, I, again, I was just dumbfounded, Did, didn't know what to do with it. But having said that, so fast forward four years later, I was really nervous about going to this, um, <clears throat> to their graduation. And uh, one of the, uh, one of the twins is a little bit was, um, she was more, um, the best way to put it is that she had a stronger cry for love than the other one. Mm. And the, the stronger cry for love, I was, was, um, I was, maybe I was just afraid of, be, there's a lot of, I was just afraid of being rejected. I was going to show up anyway, you know, in a way of, um, of love, compassion, just let things unfold without, you know, without judgment and just, just be there and just absorb what was, what was going on. However, what fooled me is that she showed up in a way I haven't seen in four or five years. She was respectful. She was kind. She was engaging. It's just like, my God, who is this? <laughs> how do I, how do I, uh, how do I work with this? Because <laughs> um, in the past, it was me that always uh, usually had to reach out and and try to think of something good to say, something, uh, or step back and tread lightly. And uh, this is uh, her engagement and her way she, we were, um, the way she was communicating with me is something I've been waiting for, for for many, many years. And finally it's here and I didn't know what to do with it, you know? And uh, I, part of me wanted to hang on. I'm, hang on saying, gosh, do you know what you did? Did you know what you cost? <laughs> part of me wanted to go there, hang on to that, you know? And the other part of me was, wow, this is, um, this is the transformation that, uh, this is an opportunity to transform, to, to get into a higher sphere, to, to, uh, to really surrender and just allow the Holy Spirit to um, move me a few levels up <laughs> and I always thought like what Linda mentioned this is what I've been waiting for this is where my happiness happens <laughs> but I didn't know what to do with it so any rate I just thought I'd share that I'm in that I'm really proud of her actually you know she stepped up she became um, I don't know if she stepped up or um, she just kind of came out of a you know, you know how teenagers, they don't have that mental, that 
forward lobe, you know, formed yet. So anyway, I just wanted to share that. I, I, uh, anyway, that's it. That's all I, um, have to say, but, uh, your meditation kind of brought that forward and, um, just kind of gave me some insight of my perplexity, um, of how I feel, uh, that my happiness, I put my happiness on hold until um, the, you know, or the, until the, the perceived estrangement was over. But now that it appears to be over, gosh, I don't know if I'm any more happier <laughs> or I don't know. Um, I'm still grappling with it. So anyway, thanks for listening everybody. That is wonderful news, Jerry. Just wonderful, wonderful news. It's such a time of intense transformation for those who are willing. It's, it's also a time of intense transformation for those who aren't willing. It's just experienced in a different way. And um, so how, how do you feel, how do you feel that you did with accepting and allowing this shift with your daughter? I thought um, I did very well. I, I thought, you know, um, I, uh, again, I had made eye contact with her. I, um, I would compliment her. I tried to get, um, find out about what she was doing and how the family all wants to know because we care about her. Um, but the other part of me during that, I was guarded. I was just waiting for the first, uh, um, uh, rude remark or um, ignoring me after I asked a question. I was just waiting for that. That was coming. You know, I thought that was coming. Um, so I was, but I, I, I think I, um, not, I wasn't reserved, but I, it, but I, um, I, I did, I did respond very lovingly, lovingly to her. And I was, uh, you know, I asked her if she wanted to come out to the family reunion. She said, yes. She, she just seemed very, very open. Um, and I don't know. I mean, her dad, um, you know, is actually getting married um, next month. And he's actually married into a family. She, his uh, soon-to-be wife has a family. So her dynamics with her father has changed. So that kind of brought up, well, is she kind of reaching out to me now? Now that, you know how your mind just kind of, you know, gets ahead of itself. You think of reasons why, you know, maybe she's being kind to me now because her, you know, things are not the way they used to be with her dad because her dad has found another family. You know, it just, but I didn't allow, I just didn't follow that. I just was wanting to be present in the moment because this is something, gosh, I've, I've wanted, I thought I've wanted or I wanted for so many years and it's here. And, and again, I was, um, trying to wrestle with, with how I was feeling. I, I think you're right. It was transformation right in the present moment. <laughs> and I, I was, I was happy for it. Um, yeah. So anyway, back. Yeah. I, I thought I handled my um, engagement with her. I was very, uh, not that I, I felt very good about our, our community, our communication at, in, at that time. So. That's wonderful. That's, that's really uh, a byproduct of your training for the last mm -hmm. years. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. It, those skills all kind of came together at that moment um, of two hours. And I was very thankful. Are you kidding me? 
I was really thankful for all the, you know, all the learning um, that I was able to absorb. And uh, my willingness kind of all kind of, it gave me a, um, a look at, be, be, being able to look at, you know, the effort that I put in, it's all paying off. And that there gosh, there really wasn't any other way. Uh, I'm glad I found that path because this is, this is the way, you know, to, to love. This is, these are skills that I hadn't had before that I've nurtured and that I was willing to learn. And it all came together at that moment. So I was very thankful, very thankful. Mm -hmm. I'm thankful too. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah, no, I, yeah. What makes you say that? What makes you say you're thankful? What makes you say that? Because love is the healer. God is so good. And we can allow the healing that we desire. We can hold the space for people, even though it's so challenging and so confusing, so difficult. And, you know, of Course in Miracles says a thousand different ways that our, our brothers and sisters are our saviors. And it's answering their cry for love that allows us to open our heart and mind to reveal our true identity. And when we are able to do that, then others can see the reflection in our eyes that we can continue to love them. We don't have to like it, and we certainly don't have to tolerate it. You know, mm -hmm. and um, I, I feel strongly that your separation from your husband and your no longer tolerating it gave that room for your daughter to come into her heart, mm -hmm. you know, and it's a journey. It's a journey because it's, and it's such an intense journey, Jerry, mother and daughter, such an intense journey. I mean, I can only speak from my experience with my mother, watching my mother with her mother. Uh, and um, as I know it is for fathers and sons and fathers and mothers and sons and, you know, it's just, it's, it's such an intense avenue of healing. And... You didn't give up, but you yeah. could have, yeah. but you did not. And so it moves me deeply. It moves thank me deeply. For, thank you for sharing that, Jennifer. And thank you always for holding that space for us. You, you've always holded that space. And, and um, I appreciate the, um, the insight and the wisdom you just shared. It was very beautiful. Thank you. Yeah, well, it's, you know, this is the lifetime where we're healing stuff that we've held on to for, we don't even know, thousands of years. We don't even know 
how long we've held on to the stuff that we're healing now. And um, it's, it can be so intense. And your journey has been intense. <laughs> it has. Yeah, it has. Yeah. And I have, we all have witnessed you finding within your heart the ability to hold the space for your whole family, for your parents, for your siblings, for your children, for your former husband. And that takes such strength and courage and willingness and fortitude. But most of all, it takes that kernel of trust that is um, the, the, the game changer. You know, trust, as I was saying, and uh, I never said it quite this way as I, uh, I've seen it so clearly in the last couple of weeks. Uh, and I was teaching about this in the trust and faith class uh, this week for year one, that trust and willingness are the same thing. We only can have willingness if we have trust. And this is why trust is the number one characteristic of the teacher of God upon which all other characteristics are based. And you have demonstrated that in very tangible ways. And now you get to see, will you allow your daughter to love you? <laughs> That's well said. That's exactly right. Yeah. Will you really allow her to love you? So in order to do that, you have to let go of every judgment you have about yourself. And if you can do it, for her freedom mm -hmm. because that if you can allow her to love you if you can feel completely worthy of her love then that will transform her whole life into a life of love as well as yours and her sister and everyone that she meets in her life if you can allow her to really love you that will allow her to forgive herself yeah 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 because exactly. she's she may really hopefully not you know and you can and that's the thing too is to i i'm so uh appreciative of your transparency and you're willing to acknowledge that you there's the temptation to punish her yeah you know yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we have to look at that. Is that mm -hmm. the choice that I would like to make? Or can I allow myself to receive the good? Because if we think someone else has to be punished for the way they've treated us, then we think we have to be punished for the things that we have done. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then we're creating our own personal hell. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. And what's nice is uh, 
you know, about all the work is that I can actually see, I can process what, um, you know, I've been doing and, uh, and putting it into words and I can have a visual like, wow, this is, um, this, this, this continues to keep the generational dysfunction <laughs> past <laughs> on and on and the opportunity yeah. to heal it, the opportunity to show up differently and receive her love. Yeah. That's, that's, that was probably what I was feeling like, gosh, she, she's, uh, she's expressing and she's extending love to me. And I, and I realized, my goodness, I'm, it was like I was frozen. I didn't know whether I could receive it or not. However, I went with it anyway, and yet the temptation was there uh, to say, you know, to, um, I felt justified in, in um, maybe shutting down, but I remained open. I remained open because this, this is, has gone on far too long, and I guess it needed to go, and I trust the process that this is all, it's all, um, it's all on its own time and it will eventually unfold. And it's up to me to decide how quickly I want it to, to un, un, unfold and be healed. And uh, that's why I, I chose to be open because I've been the other, I, I've seen the darkness. I, yeah. I've been down that road. And yeah. I don't want to be there anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And having seen it, you appreciate the contrast and, and that, mm-hmm. that appreciation of the contrast becomes a very strong motivator. Yes, absolutely. And so that's why no mistakes have been made. <laughs> yep. Just learning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And we really can choose to remember the truth that sets us free or to learn it. So your experience propels you to be more and more available to direct knowing rather than uh, experiential learning. Yes. Yes. Thank you for that. Yes. And to develop a hunger and thirst for the remembering. Mm -hmm. And as, as, as we give up, wanting to hold grievances and punish, we feel more and more worthy of the remembrance mm-hmm. that we've rejected. You know, we, we, we have to remember it now because we've rejected it in our past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. It wasn't valuable to us. So we have to choose again. Yeah. Yes. Ah. Oh. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. My goodness. Wonderful. Such wonderful news. Who else would like to share? Carla. You know what? Um, that really touched me because um, I'm visiting, visiting my mother this August. And I'm like, I really want to be, have a healing relationship during my visit. Maybe it last, I mean, I don't know. She's getting older, age 85. And so, and I'm, I don't know why I'm crying, but what really touched me is that the comment she said, are you willing to let her love you? So I was thinking, 
that I want to go there and love her, right? And I do. But I think it's around letting her love me in whatever way that is. And that's the not judging that. Because I thought it was judging other stuff, but I think it's judging that. And so um, I've been thinking about that, and I was thinking I'd really like to have a healing around that. And I'll try not to win the whole big story, but so someone that I have lots of, lots of judgments around to, you know, she, she, she called me Monday and said, she was going to do all sorts of stuff, but now everything's changed. And I had a lot of thinking around it. But so she called me and she said uh, she's going to be out of her place the 15th, right? And she's looking for a place to stay for a couple weeks until she can find a place. And she really, she'd given away everything. So she really did. I'm, it's more what my mind says. It's more than two weeks, right? So it goes, no, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I'm not interested in the roommate. I had that experience. I'm done with that. I don't want that to happen. And my mouth said, yes, yes, I, I don't want you to be on the street. If you can't find any place, I am always here for you. And I'm like, <laughs> so interesting. But And I know it was, wasn't all from love. There was actually some ego there thinking like, something I could probably it's up to me or something I don't know but I'm just grateful that I was able to ex to express from a willingness like I didn't even have control over it or something <laughs> I don't really quite know but well here's the story here's what I'm getting to that I I'm I'm doubting myself right and, I'm, and here's, from Liz's sharing, I offered it up. I'm like, I don't know. I asked for this healing with my mother. I don't know why this is happening. And if whatever has to happen, I'm open to whatever it is. And I'm letting go. It's in your hands, God. I, I, I'm not going to worry about it. I actually was going to clear out the drawers. And I got the message, no. Don't clear out the drawers. And so I'm like, okay. I'm a, I didn't clean my house. didn't do anything to prepare anything. And then yesterday she called up and said she was in the hospital. And she was, I said, well, uh, you know, I think I know why, but I'm just let that go. I don't think it's a real big health crisis or anything. But um She's in the hospital. She's being taken care of. And that's really the important thing that she's being cared for. And that, and I didn't have to do, I mean, it may be she's still going to come here. I have no idea. I'm still giving that <laughs> away, you know, the thinking. But, um, but what I know this is all for my healing around my mother. And it, what really touched me was what, when you said that, Cause I don't want to get, I'm, I'm feel like I can feel energetically caught in the story, but I really want to focus on what you said. Are you willing? I mean, I don't know if this is what exactly you said anymore, but um, are you willing to let her love you? And what came to me is whatever that looks like, whatever that looks like without judgments, 
and just be open to receiving that. And then you said something about judging yourself, and I'm like, ooh. <laughs> but maybe you can elaborate more on that, but I think that's all. What uh, I, I really appreciate, Carla, is that this, that you are opening your life to more love. You know, the giving and the receiving of love. And I, I feel and hear your desire for that. And that this experience with this other person uh, gave you some insights and that your upcoming visit with your mother is an opportunity for you. And our judgments always get in the way of love. That's what they're for. So we can separate ourselves and then be the God of our world by means of our judgments. Say a little bit more about that. Well, whenever we are judging, it's because we are deciding that we would like to be the one who evaluates the world, who says what's good and bad, what's right and wrong. And so that's how we project onto the world our thoughts, our beliefs, and create a world that we want to see. You know, so when we find fault with other people, we're it's the projection of our own self-judgment we're projecting out onto other people because that's what we want to focus our attention on, the lack, the limitation, the unworthiness. So I have a question about that. Because I had a friend, this is very similar, a friend, she liked to complain a lot and she's very, had a lot of, hurt i think and she was had a lot of negative thinking right mm -hmm. and i listened to her. i remember listening to her in the car and she went on for 10 minutes and i said i remember i didn't remember her name anymore but say lord right i said lori i really hear what you have to say i really oh totally understand and i've been where i think we're you know similar feeling but i said i and i don't know what what exactly i said but i said something like and if I sit, if I sit here and listen to you go on, I, I, I really want to help you. But if I sit here and listen to you talk about it like this, I'm encouraging that that sort of I don't, want, I don't know if I called it negativity, but whatever energy, right? And I'm not interested in doing that. So if there's something I can do for you to support you, and and, and I don't know how to say that. But this is what. But I'm not that one to say this with my, with my mother, but she likes to repeat her judgments. And so at some point, this is my question, like, I want to love her where she's at, but I really, it's not that I want to change her 
or anything, but I, I'm not interested in supporting her repetition of, of that. You know what I'm saying? Right. So the thing is, is when faced with someone who is speaking a lot of judgment and criticism and complaint, what, what, is, what is the key issue there? What is their core issue? Hurt? <laughs> Maybe. Because they think uh, something should be different. So for a second, try, don't try to figure it out. Just turn mm -hmm. within and ask your higher self, mm -hmm. what's the key issue? They want to be heard. And why do they want to be heard? Why is that important to them? To be understood, seen. And why is that important to them? Love. It's important to them because love. Self-love. That's it's, it. It's what, what it. comes to me is it, it's it. They want to see themselves that way, so it helps them if I see them that way. Is that? That's what comes to me. Is that? They want to see themselves which way? Loving. I don't know. Look within, look within. Yeah, rather than try to figure it out. Without judgments. Yeah, the, you, you, you said it. it was, it's really self-love. They would like to ultimately love themselves because then they have the ability to love everyone. And there are no complaints and no judgments. So all the complaints and all the judgments in the world are an expression of unworthiness or feeling bad or wrong, fundamentally bad. That's what they're spewing and spewing and spewing is about. So it's just a cry for love. just like with Jerry's daughter. So, if you would like to support your mother in her healing, love her. Don't try to change her. You know, sometimes there are times when listening to people's complaints is the most loving thing to do. There are times. You know, I've had many conversations. Um, I'm thinking of one now. A dear friend, very close friend of mine, going through a very difficult time and called me, can you talk now? And I said yes, and they just started crying and crying and crying. 
and saying, you know, the things they believed about themselves. I'm a terrible failure. I've ruined my life. And all just on and on and on and on. And all I did for a half an hour was just say, I know, I know. I understand. Yeah, I get it. I wasn't agreeing. I was just encouraging her to not stop, keep going, get it out. So there are times when it's absolutely critical that we listen to people's complaints. We don't have to, we're not agreeing with it. We're just allowing, it's like the tap, you know, the rusty old tap. You gotta turn it on, let that run, water run till it's clear. What else are you gonna do? I mean, you're gonna get in there with some kind of a brush and clean out that pipe? No, you just gotta let it run till it runs clear. That's the easiest way. But you hold the space for them, not judge them and think they're making a mistake. That's where the healing happens and they feel loved. They will grow tired of complaining. They'll actually say, let's do something else. Let's change the channel. They'll become tired of it. But if you don't give them the space, it is the same for you. When you're upset about something or bothered by something, if, if you don't get a chance to express it, you feel like you're going to explode. But once you can get it out, then you feel better. You know, it's like I tell the story of my friend who's a minister who called me one time and said, can I tell you my story? Don't, don't tell me what to do. I don't want to hear any of that. You know, eventually I'll be ready for that. But now I just want to hear, I'd be able to just get it all out. It's, it's so you learn the difference between supporting their complaints and supporting them coming back to their loving heart. And it's, it's really valuable to know the difference. And we learn it through the experience. And the practice is to go within each time, right? To yeah. go within and, and ask. Yeah, to be present in spirit like and think you know invoke jesus what would jesus do <laughs> think of it this way jesus is met by a 10 year old boy who comes running up to him and says jesus 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 i'm so upset my sister took my toy and she broke it and oh it's terrible it's terrible and you know i love that toy so much i'm never gonna have that toy again i'm so upset would jesus say i can't support you in your complaints i can't support you going on and on about this this is not true this toy is not important What's important is your sister that loves you. She made a mistake. You have to forgive her. You're looking at it wrongly. That's why you're upset. No, Jesus would let the boy cry and comfort the boy until the boy could see 
oh, his sister didn't do it on purpose. And even if she did, maybe she's upset. Maybe the sister's got a real issue. She's upset about something. Maybe we can help her. But if we... So it's learning the difference, you know? It's learning the difference. Do you remember the story? Do you remember the story of me on the plane with that man last year? Yeah. The Bible thumper. He wanted so bad 10 different ways to make me wrong. And then it was, you know, a litany of insanity and, com and complaints and judgments and all of that. But the only way he would hear what I had to say was if I heard what he had to say. And for me, it wasn't about saying anything to him. It was about being the living demonstration of Jesus' teachings. So he could feel it and it would change his heart forever. Sure, there was a temptation to be right. Like Jerry had the temptation to say to her daughter, you know, are you kidding me? What I have put up from you, I am, you know, there, this is, don't, I don't trust you, you, you know, but, but that she had to weigh what, what is it she really would like? She would like to have a really loving uh, relationship with her daughter. That's what she wants. That's what she desires. I had a desire to be the space of the Christ so Jesus could teach this man what his true teachings were. And, and this is no criticism of you at all, Carla. You would like to change your mom. Probably. Yeah. And does anybody have a, does anybody in this I'll say this room not have somebody in their family that eh, they kind of like to change them? Yeah, you don't have you 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 don't have anyone. Okay, who does have somebody in their family that yeah you know you kind of feel like you'd like to change them? Yeah, everybody you know woo. <laughs> so these are your people. You know, but you, you got to own that. You want to change your mom. Why do you want to change your mom? Why do you want her to be different? Because she triggers my judgments with her judgments, with what seems like her judgments. Because you'd rather work with the projection than with your own heart. Mm. See that? You'd rather, that when we want to change the world, Seek not to change the world, but to change your mind about the world. Mm -hmm. Seek not to change your mother, but to change your mind about your mother. When you change your mind about your mother, she will have a healing. So this person coming to my house is like the perfect practice for me. <laughs> I can see that right now. Yeah. And I wasn't wanting that. But now yeah. I'll work on, we'll offer up that resistance yeah remember that willingness and trust are the same thing will you trust god to mm -hmm. teach you and open your heart release the past through you and as you in the most expedient way possible 
Will you allow that to unfold? Will you allow yourself to receive the answer prayer? So you can just say that to yourself. Every time you feel a little annoyed or tweaked, you say, will I allow myself to receive the answer prayer? Will I? Do I need to control the answer prayer arriving in my heart and mind? This is my opportunity. I was made for this. I will not fail. You have to really decide what's important to you, Carla. Because in the open heart, we have no, we don't need to protect our space. No protection is needed in the open heart. There's no withholding in the open heart. That doesn't mean we give everybody the keys to our house and let them come in and eat our food, you know? But there's no withholding and no protection needed in the open heart. So we're, we're remembering how to be open-hearted. And our brothers and sisters are our salvation, even when our brothers and sisters are our moms and dads or our children. And what comes up for me is I, I hear myself, the, the, whatever, ego saying, it's not possible, you can't do that. I'm like, that, even that's offering that up, offering all that up. I'm just offering all that up. Yeah, I, to that voice, yeah. I just say, watch and learn. <laughs> watch and learn. You know nothing. You had your chance. You had your chance. You had a million chances. You have failed. It did not work. Watch and learn. Sit down, shut up, take notes. Uh, you know, it depends on how I feel in the, in the moment. Sometimes it's like, oh, honey, I know. I know how you feel, but you are not the boss of me anymore. Cuddle, 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 but no, we are not doing that. Don't ask again. I'm not, I'm not kidding here. There's no need to ask again. I have made up my mind. My mind is the mind of God. You have no power anymore. Ciao for now. All right. Thank you. I feel yeah. complete. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's uh, you know, in, in A Course in Miracles, it says, um, if you've decided upon the goal, your goal is peace. How can you not accept the means to get it? Don't reject the means to get it. We do it all the time, you know, and then we go, oh, I rejected the means to get my peace. Oh, I did it again. I saw myself do it. And then we can go like this. <laughs> I saw myself do it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh my gosh, I did it again. Oh, yeah. I saw myself do it. Yeah. 
And then we can have compassion for our brothers and sisters when they're doing it, you know? I never met with the Russians. I never did. Oh, except for those times. <laughs> I saw myself say I never did it. Why did I say that? <laughs> right? I mean, the insanity that we're seeing on the world stage, how can we not laugh? Like, oh my gosh, it is hilarious. Who else would like to share? Mary Christine, we're glad to see you. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I'm here. Yay. I had an appointment earlier today, so that's why I was late. And then I got dropped a couple times from the internet. But that's okay. I'm, yep. I'm really appreciating the authenticity and the gentleness that I'm experiencing today. God bless all of you. Yeah. Yeah, glad you're here. Nice to see you. Thank you. Thank you for not giving up. It's the God in me. Yes. Never given up. That would only hurt me. Since there's only one, there's only one I can give up on. Only one I can complain about. Only one I can be bothered by. Yeah. Anybody else? I'd like to share something with you. Great. Okay. Get myself a little bit more there. So we have these wild cats that um, my roommate and I feed outside the gate of our um, complex, but we can see them from the gate because of where we're situated in the apartment complex. Anyway, so I, <clears throat> my roommate told me that the cats were sick again. And since they're wild and they're not mine, and the vet bills would be high and the budget is low, I just go out there and I pray. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So I go out there and I pray for them when they're sick. I mean, I go out there and visit them, but <clears throat> he likes to feed them, so I let him feed them. And they come around and he and I are one of the two people, <clears throat> two of the people that they let now after so many years, they let pet them. There's a boy and a girl and she was first and he was second. So now I'm getting to the story. So they've not been eating lately and George was very upset. And I said, okay, I'll go out there and I'll pray for their healing. I pray inside too, but 
I like to go out there and visit with them. And I went out there and there was this cat. I thought it was a cat. And it was eating out of the bowl. And the cats, my two cats, were terribly upset. Horrendously upset. So I went around and I sat on this stool that we have out there. And the cats came, my two cats came to me. And this cat turned around and looked at me. And it was wild. It was a wild cat. And I'm talking really wild. But it was sitting down eating so I couldn't tell what it was. Didn't know it was a male at the time. Didn't know it was a bobcat at the time. I just looked at this cat's face. And I said, oh, my God, you are wild. <laughs> Everybody's going to be okay. The other cats, they were, you know, walking around my legs and wanting reassurance. And, and I looked at this cat and I wanted to say, don't you eat our cat's food. And then I didn't. For some reason, I just observed it. But I have been allowing myself for the last, I don't know how long, so many distractions that I didn't even know that I was getting a blessing from this bobcat. As, as I said before, I didn't even know it was a bobcat at the time because it was sitting down eating. But once it stood up, long skinny legs, and it looked like it was on death's door. And Jennifer, you know, approximately where I live and where I live is there is no wild space none I mean the river is the LA River is less than a half a mile away but it's concrete there's no way a bobcat could be in this area mm. so a few oh two weeks a week before I had been with um, someone and they said, well, why don't you ask for a sign? Because I, I was complaining that I never see anything about nature and God anymore. I just, there's just nothing but concrete and blah, blah, blah. And he said, well, why don't you just ask for a sign? And so when the sign came, I was so distracted at the time that I recognized that it was a powerful sign. I just didn't comprehend it, if you can understand what I'm trying to say here. Sure. And it was the next day when I realized how powerful, how powerful a sign I had. I had been telling this person about my experience when long ago, when I was in Washington and we were doing a long dance and I was making an owl, white owl costume because I was gonna dance the white owl. And it took me months to make this costume. And it was feathers everywhere, white feathers. And I glued them onto this sheet that was gonna go over my head and I had already made the mask and all white feathers. And I had taken out all the white feathers in Seattle and in Vancouver and in Bellingham where I lived at, and I still wasn't done and I had a girlfriend come up from Portland to help me glue on these white feathers because I still had a bunch more to do and then 
I heard this sound, this owl, and it was like insistent. And we were in working on the, the, the costume and it was so insistent that we went outside and looked and there was a snowy owl a thousand miles south of where it should ever be. These are the kinds of things that when I am aware, when I am willing, I get to experience. And I have just been so distracted that even, you know, the, you know I see rainbows all the time. I can see them in drops of water everywhere. I can see rainbows if I choose, if I choose. And I haven't been choosing. I haven't been choosing. So there you go. That's my story, and I stick to it. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I, um, I encourage you to look up the animal spirit medicine for cats. Bobcats. Yeah. And there is some for bobcats, and I did. And one was patience, and one was you're blocking. I don't understand that one, but you're blocking your creativity. Mm. Two very important things. So I've really been just noticing how I'm allowing distractions. And it's, it's kind of interesting, you know, that that's saying that even if you are in the depths of hell, I am with you. Every time I just turn my head and open my eyes for one second, there's glory. Yeah. And I've just been disallowing it. Yeah. <clears throat> Such is life. Well, sounds like things are shifting. Yes, they are. And one thing that you said that was really interesting uh, uh, to Jerry about her daughter, and it's like, am I willing to let you love me? That's very important. I think I'm really letting go of all the shame and guilt and stuff. I think I'm doing that. I also feel like I'm just um, surrendering to I don't give a shit about anything anymore. And including shame and guilt and blame. So I'm kind of in an in-between place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can understand that. I can relate to that. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it does seem like an in-between place. So uh, there's that section in uh, A Course in Miracles where it talks about the bridge from the small self to the higher self and um, that the, the company of heaven, of course this is my, my language, the company of heaven is standing on the the side of the bridge where you're identified with your true self and their love for you and their desire for you to make the journey will literally pull you across. So moving into a place where I can't even be bothered to judge myself anymore. You know, I just, I don't have the energy for it anymore. I can't be bothered to be sad anymore. 
can't be bothered to be angry anymore. That that is a is a a route to the quickening. Yes, and you know, Jennifer, it is so interesting, like I said a moment ago, that the minute I turn the minute I become aware of the oneness, the minute, the second, the nanosecond, I become aware of the oneness. I see it everywhere. Yeah. So that's a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I'm still in the, I can't be bothered to judge myself anymore. And I'm, I'm still in the distraction. In fact, I am more distracted now than I've ever been mm. since I started on this journey when I was 35. Mm. I am more distracted, but that's okay. It really is okay because it's like that instantaneous thing that it's all right. It's all right. The minute I turn myself to prayer, the cats get healed. The minute I turn myself to prayer, my friends are healed or things are resolved. The minute I turn myself to prayer or seeing the, the magnificence of planet Earth, I see it. Even in Paramount, California. Yes. That's right. No matter where you are. Heaven is in there are still drops of water in Paramount, California, and I can still see the rainbows in them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finished. Yeah. You know, I I am going to share it with everyone. Um, I'll put the pictures in the Facebook group. Um, but actually, let me. It, this when you said rainbows, uh, it triggered me to think of this. But Christine, your everybody's journey is their own, and so you're on your journey, and clearly. Uh, the the power of love is being revealed in, through, and around you. And it is about accepting that the natural state of our life really is prayer without ceasing. That that's, that's our natural state, is prayer without ceasing. And uh, I hear that unfolding in your heart. You know what? That's actually true. Because I pray all the time during the day. I see the goodness. I see the light. I see the other things. And then I get distracted by the judgments, the guilt, the shame, the blame, the whatever, or outside circumstances and things like that. But you're right. It's that instantaneous thing that the moment, I, the moment I turn myself back to God or godliness or universal, whatever, whatever it is, the moment I turn myself back to it, 
it's all there. All of it is there. All of it is there. Thank you for reminding me of that. Of that. I noticed it, but I'm so grateful that you spoke it. Thank you. Yeah. All those 30-some years of being on the path, so diligent, so focused, so everything that seems to have fallen apart in the last year or so, all of those disciplines and studies and awarenesses and all those things are right there. They're right there. It's not that I lost it. Right. Yes. Beautiful. That's a great awareness. So I'm going to share this bit about the rainbows and then we'll pray. And, and uh, I, um, does anybody know about what it means? Has anybody heard the term to achieve rainbow body? Attain rainbow body. So in the, uh, Lydia has, uh, in, in the Buddhist teachings, um, uh, one of the things that um, some people attain, it's called rainbow body. And what happens is, is when the attainment is happening, um, rainbows are seen everywhere around them in the landscape. And I mean, just unbelievable amount of rainbows. And simultaneously, they, um, their bodies will shrink. And then they die and their, their um, bodies have shrunken. And um, a friend of mine sent me a picture, you know her, Mary uh, Shan, sent me a picture yesterday of a woman who recently attained a rainbow body. So her head is a little smaller, but her body went from being, you know, a normal-sized body to being a very small body, um, like a child's body. And uh, I don't know if people would be interested in seeing... Uh, the woman before and after, and um, you know, many people would think of it as a blessing to see her luminous face. Um, so, I'll, if people are interested, I'll share that in Facebook. Would people be interested in that? Okay. Yeah. It's very much a part of the teachings of uh, Venerable. This um, venerable is uh, considered an emanation of Yeshi Shoigil, who um, taught people how to attain rainbow body. All right. Well, never give up before the miracle. Let's turn within and give ourselves permission to allow ourselves to experience the miracle, to allow the miracle 
in our heart so that we can see it in the world and share it with the world. So grateful and thankful to know that it is an inward journey and that we have everything we need for a miraculous healing. That no matter where we are or where we've been, we all are fully entitled to complete and total miraculous awakening. And this is what we are claiming. This is what we are claiming for ourselves and sharing with each other. This is our divine destiny. And we are grateful and thankful to name it and claim it. We are grateful and thankful to choose our awakening and ascension. We are grateful and thankful that it is happening now. We are grateful to allow it to fully demonstrate and reveal itself in our awareness. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all beings because we're one with them. In gratitude, we let it be, and so it is. Amen. 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 I love you so much. It's great to be with you. Bye, everybody. Love you. <laughs>